0: Our series, Taking Time to Talk with the Lord. Tonight, I'm going to talk about quieting our soul. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've discovered that when Jesus came, he rearranged and changed everything. And the changes he made were good, and they helped humanity. And uh, we need to understand that when Jesus comes into our life, there is an instant change. And we uh, are thankful for that and it's something that for the rest of our life he continues to be committed to and that is to change us. And we are changed from faith to faith and glory to glory and Lord knows we need a lot of change and he brings the agent of change through the Holy Spirit through his word into our life. And then last week I talked about out with the old and in with the new and then the new and the better way of coming unto the Lord in prayer is we're not going to a mountain. We don't have to go to a a specific location is that we can call upon the name of the Lord and his ears are open to our prayer and that he's very approachable and he invites us to come. He welcomes us to come. As a matter of fact, he he almost pleads with us to come and and uh, one of the ways that he made that known and to uh, the people that he was ministering to when he was here and makes it known unto us as he introduces us to God as a father, to God as a father. And uh, while he might be, you know, Elohim and Yahweh and Jehovah to those that are of uh, Jewish descent and those that are Hebrews, uh, he was also longing for them to know him as Abba, as Papa God, as The one that they could come to and that he would, you know, welcome them. As a matter of fact, the the book of Hebrews uh, does a terrific job of just sort of laying out a blueprint from that which was old into that which is new. And and there's a new and living way that we come and we come to the father through Jesus Christ. And there is now this beautiful place that we're invited to come and to bring our petition, our petitions and. It's a throne of grace where we can find grace and mercy to help us in our hour of need. And tonight I'm going to talk about quieting our soul. Psalms 46 and uh, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. One of the the ways that uh, we get to know God is uh, through quieting our own soul, through you know the 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 discipline of of really being still before the lord until we can hear clearly until we can you know begin to understand uh how he speaks to us and and what he wants to reveal to us and we're going to get very practical tonight but i i uh once again want to encourage you all That there's a time and a place that each and every one of us needs to carve out or designate where we're getting quiet every day. Uh, most of us are used to noise or activity, uh, conversations, uh, that are, that are a part of our everyday environment. Even, even in the church, if it gets quiet for too long, someone feels almost compelled to do something, to say something. We just have a very, hard time just sitting and not doing anything. And I, I hope I'm not the only one that's guilty of that. Most people, when they go into their house, they turn their TV on or they turn their microwave on, they turn a blender on, they, they, a radio, I mean, they want, they're just, we're just prone to having something going all the time. And, and, and at times we feel like if something's not going, we're, we need to get something going. We need to make something happen. We, we need to, you know, get get things in motion. And sometimes that is not what we need to do. What we need to do is be okay with solitude. We need to be okay with silence. We need to be okay with being still. Uh, how many of you have, uh, uh, you know, occasionally woke up at 2 in the morning and you may have gotten up to, you know, get something to drink or go to the restroom, but somehow you feel Felt compelled that you had to check your email. You you had to see if someone texted you. if, If someone responded to a post that you put on social media. It tells us. It tells us just how. At times. Can I use this? Can I say this? You know. Since we're all in this together. How unhealthy we are as a society. Maybe. You know. Just. We're trying to. To. To find. Something in society that we were never meant to find in society, but we were meant to find in solitude. In stillness and quietness. And what is that? To know him. Because that is our, our greatest and most important assignment while we're here on the Lord, on the earth, is to get to know our creator, to get to know the Lord, to get to know the one who was and is and is to come. And somehow, though, we've substituted busyness for getting to know God. if I'm busy, if I'm active. And, 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 and we've even equated that. If I'm really busy, he's really happy with me and he'll bless me. And if I'm not really busy and I'm just sitting and listening to him, maybe he's not real happy. But are you thinking about the story of Mary and Martha right now? Which one was commended? What was always going to be there? Work. What's always going to be there? The dishes. Laundry. Making the bed. Mowing the lawn. It's always going to be there. We do it, I believe, better if we spend time with him. And then we learn how to incorporate that time with him in all the other things that we do. Probably mowing the lawn with an awareness of God's acceptance of knowing him better helps us to mow the lawn with joy or do the laundry without complaining or going grocery shopping without murmuring about the prices of eggs. If we really get to know him, wouldn't he make every practical little thing that we do better I I believe that's that's something that prayer does to us. You know prayer doesn't change God it changes us. It's like fasting. Fasting didn't move God. It moved us into a place that we were more aware of him and his activity and we flowed with him much better. We're the ones that are being transformed. We're the ones that are being changed. And he's the one who's changing us and We're changed when we get to know him. So as Christians, we all agree that we should pray. Can I get an amen? We should pray. Jesus said, when you pray. But our busy lifestyles often hinder this from happening, or sometimes it's our lack of confidence can stop us from taking time to pray. But no matter what it is, it's keeping us from talking with the Lord Let's purpose, this is what we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about, and then we're going to pray. Let's be okay with slowing down. There's a word that I use when you sense people becoming anxious or fretful or fearful. It's the word rhythm. Is the pace of your life sustainable? Sometimes is what I ask people. Is the pace of your life what Jesus gives? Wants you to? Does he want you to be, you know, the proverbial mouse on on the spinning wheel? Does does he? Is that why he came? Is is just another activity, another responsibility, another sense of 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 you know of of duty or obligation? Or did he come for a much higher purpose than that? I think he came so we could fellowship with him. And fellowship with the Father and experience the peace that he provides. And you run into peace when you get quiet, when you get still. And peace has a way of driving out anxiety and dealing with with uh, being fretful or worried or, or anxious or fearful. It drives it out. It drives it out. So we're not just praying to pray. We're praying for results. But in order to do that, I think we have to be still. We have to know the Lord. All right. Psalms, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 27 and verse 19. As in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. Um, If we ever stand by a beautiful brook of uh, or a beautiful body of water and and the water was stirred and the, and and the water was was active could we see a good reflection in in that environment but what if the water the body of water was was completely still and what would you see you would see a reflection you would see things much clearer you know our life many times Is like turbulent water. It's just busy. It's stirred. It can have drama. It it can have needs. And, and in that moment, we're not seeing clearly. We're not, we're not seeing a good reflection. So that within itself should propel us into getting a place that we're still or into a place that we're quiet because then we handle responsibilities the needs the problems the temptations much more graciously not only do we need to know God we need to get still enough to hear what's happening in our own heart we need we need to get quiet enough that that within each and every one of us there is a heart cry to know God and to really fellowship and commune with him but We're not really in tune or in touch with that if we're looking at waters that are stirred and turbulent. We've got to find a place of solitude. We have to find a place and a safe place to do this. Mark's gospel, if you would, go over into the gospel of Mark, and we'll see a couple of wonderful examples that are given unto us in in Mark's gospel Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 35 through 39. Now, early in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues through all Galilee and casting out demons. And Jesus' practice was to find somewhere quiet because he knew the demands of the day were real. People were looking to him. People were looking for him. Even his own disciples were inquiring many times, where were you? You know, people are beginning to gather. People are beginning to come from all walks of life. And Jesus knew in order for him to a to be able to minister effectively, to handle the weight of the responsibilities, and to help meet the needs of the people, and to minister to those that were hurting, he needed to have time in solitude. He's our example in that way. We do also. So this is the practical side. I want to read one more one more portion of scripture and I'll give you a few more uh, examples. I just hold that thought, Doug, until you read the next. Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. And I'm going to read verse 30 through 32. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, so they just have come off this very fruitful time of ministry. He had commissioned them. He had sent them out. They're coming back. They're bringing him a report. And and they're really, you know, enthusiastic, and, and they're ready to go probably out again. And notice what Jesus said in verse 31. He said to them, come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. Uh, Wow, fruitful ministries happening. The disciples come back enthusiastic, probably ready to go back out again. And Jesus said, hey, let's take a break. And here's a trick of the enemy. You can't afford to slow down. That's what he tells us. You can't afford to slow down. You can't afford, you know, to change the pace of your life because if you don't do it, no one else will. He tells, this is a common misnomer that he tells to ministers, if you, if you don't do this, then these people, you know, are going to die and go to hell and, and, you know, if you don't go all the time. And it, but if we don't stop and slow down and spend time with him, we don't have anything to offer the people that are hurting, that are wounded. We don't have the sensitivity and the discernment to know where to go, who to reach, or how to reach them. We have to spend time with him if we're going to first and foremost be effective in anything that we do in life. He's still the great teacher. So they, he said, you know, hey, that's wonderful. He was happy. Imagine he was elated that people were ministered to, but he always was like, come aside and let's rest. And they went to a deserted place. No one knew where they were. They went to a place where they could get quiet and where they could refuel and be refreshed and be renewed. So much activity without solitude can lead to spiritual dullness and even confusion. And God's not the author of confusion. We can think that, but if I go and I do and I da, da, da and then things don't happen the way that we imagine that they would and then we're like confused. But I did this, Lord, and I went there. and And it's, once again, good to do all those things, but what's most necessary, what's most necessary is that, here's the big finish, is that you and I, every single day, Find time, find places where we can have solitude and we can be still. It's going to look different for you than me, but it's going to work for you. Your your prayer closet needs to be some place that is distraction free. Distract, distraction free. And people will say, well, that's impossible. I, I mean, I have you know, three children and I work a full-time job and I've got responsibilities and and I just want to remind you, no one had more demands on them than Jesus and this was his practice. How about when you, as parents, I'll use parents as an example for those that are young parents in here. You teach your children boundaries. I'm going here. I'm going to read or I'm going to go pray. And then in 10 minutes, you can come talk to me. You know, 10 minutes of solitude. Wow. Can you imagine what that'll do? How many of you, when you were in university, took power naps? Probably by Thursday, I was about spent when I was in school. But I had 30 minutes in between one of my classes, and I would go sit in the hallway with my backpack and just lean against the wall and close my eyes. For 20 minutes, I rested. How refreshed I was when I was done with that. I, I'm not talking quitting your job, uh, not being responsible. What I'm saying is if you'll give the Lord five minutes seven minutes, ten minutes to start, you'll start to see the fruit of this. And pretty soon you'll become more comfortable with him and you'll include him more often in your daily responsibilities and you'll have more confidence and faith that he's with you always. He's with you at work. He's with you when you're at the grocery store. He's helping you to make decisions. He's guiding you to the people you need to be guided to. He's a part of every aspect of your life. I think it begins by being still. Be still and know that I am God. God can reveal himself in a moment of time, but that moment of time can alter our time here on earth forever. One word from God can change your life. One word. See, what we've done is if we don't have an hour, we don't give God five minutes. I don't have an hour to give God, so you don't give him anything. Some people even struggle that way when it comes, you know, to their giving of their finances. Well, if I can't give the tithe, I'm not going to give anything. That, that makes no sense. Give God something to work with. And watch what he does with it. Sow seed. And I'll close with this. There was a time in my life, a season, a a pretty substantial season, where I took out the radio in my vehicle. I had, had, when I was in my truck, I had a truck at one time. It was great. And then I had Charlene, and then I didn't have a truck. And so it's not her fault. She just liked the car better. And so I, I liked her better than the truck, so... Smart Doug, I got a car all right that 's how that works. all right. I had a truck, and the truck was my quiet place. No radio to this day. I get in a vehicle. I rarely turn on the radio it 's a discipline that's followed me. How many of you you're in your car half an hour a day thirty minutes twenty forty what if nothing was what if nothing was on, and that was your time to say lord i 'm here just Would you show me some more about yourself? What about your Bible reading time? Sometimes it takes five minutes for your mind to slow down, for you to catch up with the text. It's worth it. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641 828-7119 828 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.